Welcome everyone to another exciting episode of the Coruscant Pulse. Today is July 17, 2016. This is episode 35. This is our coverage of the End of Celebration Part 2. With me today is both James and David. Hi everybody, how's it going? Hello Star Wars fans. So we are exactly 150 days away from Rogue One hitting theaters. And with looking back now at Celebration, everything that was released and talked about and the panels, what were some of the things you guys liked most about uh, the Celebration 2016 this year in London? You know, for me, I've got to say it's the big thing that I took out of it was the Star Wars Rebels panel. And that was something where that panel and the... Other panel that I watched with uh, Dave Filoni, which was the uh, Ahsoka Untold Tales, those panels just had so much awesome stuff that I enjoyed watching. How about you? Well, I mean, uh, for me, the the panel I was most interested in was obviously the Rogue One panel, and uh, it did a lot of what I wanted to do in getting me ready for Rogue One. Now, uh, I've got to ask, was that the panel that did it for you, or, or the celebration reel that we got to see? It was a little bit of both. I, I wanted to hear what the, the cast and crew were thinking about as they were making it, and the little bit back and forth. I thought there was some interesting little possible Easter eggs dropped in. Like when uh, Jen, uh, who is it, Felicity Day said that her- Felicity act- Jones. Felicity Jones. Oh, there's so many Felicities. Um, Felicity Jones said that her character had a very Han Solo-esque blaster holster, almost like it was inspired by Han Solo. I was like, okay, maybe the Han Solo cameo is going to be uh, Hayden working with Jin before the mission. I mean, who knows? It, it opened up a lot of possibilities for me. Yeah, I don't know. Like for me, I think- there were only really like maybe four or five things from that panel that I really took away. One of them was the uh, Alan Tudyk's character and and the little piece about Diego Luna that Tom and I went over in the other episode. But for me, the big thing that you know talked about last time was a- about that celebration reel trailer. How did you kind of react to that one, James? I mean, I was kind of hoping for an actual official trailer, but that being said, I feel like the the I think they called it a sizzle. The sizzle did a lot of, um, it did a good job of showing some behind the scenes stuff, but the, the overall feel I got from it was a, was what we've been talking about for months now. It felt like a war movie that they were previewing. The slow starting, the combat scenes, there, there was one particular scene that I saw that I don't know if either of you guys picked up on. There's an alien that looks like he's a door gunner for something. And they tell, I think it was the director, go, tells him to make sure, laugh, like laugh harder. And he goes, ha 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 ha, and then aims back at the door. That called up images of Full Metal Jacket to me like you wouldn't believe when the, in Full Metal Jacket, when there's a door gunner just shooting civilians. I was like, all right, they're going for a war feel. We knew this going into it, but now I'm starting to actually see it. How about you, Tom? What was your reaction to the celebration reel? Uh, it was all right. I was hoping for a trailer. I did notice that there are some articles out there saying that uh, on Twitter, tw- uh, Sizzlegate is happening because people were upset that we were told we were going to get a trailer. Felicity Jones even says that uh, we're going to get a trailer in uh, the ABC show that aired. I remember live streaming the ABC show and 
people just in the chat saying very nasty things because it ended and there was no trailer, just the sizzle reel. That was a bit upsetting. They said we were going to get a trailer and we got that instead. I am looking now... Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, is this coming weekend, so they're probably going to release it there because it's a bigger venue where everything releases as opposed to at their own convention. Yeah, I guess that is very true. And, you know, if they if they want to make a splash at Comic-Con, that's not exactly a bad place to do it. Yeah, it's a bigger eye, so I could see from a marketing perspective them doing that, which is cool, but maybe at the last minute they decided, now nah, let's do it a week later. We gotta wait a week. They get the bigger exposure, whatever, but uh, next time just don't tell us, you know? Because I was yeah. kind of pissed, because me, me and David were gonna we were starting to play our game, and I had the, my own live stream and eating up my fucking precious data that I have for, you know, shit I've already seen. It was pissing me off. But, uh, you know, other than that, what are you gonna do? Very true. I didn't get to see... Uh, did. I know James had expressed interest in it, and that was one I wanted to see about the uh, guns of Star Wars, where they were talking about the Star Wars and the relationship of the weaponry to World War II. I did not see that, did you? Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even find it. I was looking for it online, and I was unable to find it. That was my only other critique, that the... Uh, Star Wars YouTube page was a little bit slow to upload those things, and most of the panels, the main panels that I saw were on uh, other YouTube sites that had uploaded it. It had had maybe their own cameras there, it snuck in a camera or something, I don't know how they got it, but uh, that's where I saw it. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you guys are watching the live feed or switching through the 6-10 hour stream, whatever they had. No, I mean, for the most part, like, for what I watched, it was primarily on the live stream when it happened. I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to really see much of what happened today, but, you know, I've been doing some reading on it. But, Tom, you actually didn't kind of answer what I was talking about in terms of the celebration reel. Like, you you, you went off on this tangent about how we didn't get a trailer, but, you know, what, what did you think about what we actually did see in the celebration reel, regardless of the fact that it wasn't a full trailer? It was cool. I mean, like I said, I, I want a fucking trailer. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. You know, yeah, it's cool. There's a lot of stuff we've seen before. A lot of it's taken out of context. I want to see the behind-the-scenes shit later. Uh, mm-hmm. To answer your question directly, I, I don't mean to be p- political, but it, it was everything I enjoyed seeing. You know, it was fine, but I want a fucking trailer. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you saw some of that before? Uh, as far as I could tell, wow. all of that was new footage. Well, yeah. You know, it's all... Every single shot was new. Stuff on Scarif, you know, we've seen, we're seeing scenes just shot, like them running, you know, now we saw it from a different angle, uh, when they're running at the, uh, at Axe, uh, you know, so is nothing new. You know, we didn't see Vader. We did see the one uh, new character that we had came out in the book leak, so that was cool. And, uh, you know, it was more of the same. But it would have been nice to have a, a story trailer, you know, where they could have actually released what they showed the people. There's that footage online of uh, kind of like an extended trailer of the original and uh that was really a replay of what was before you know they kind of added on a couple more seconds just a couple more shots it's just a bit longer i don't know why they didn't release that online but uh, whatever well i mean are you sure that that's not just someone else splicing stuff together like no, are you sure that that's actually what we showed? i mean unless they like hired all the actors or they have some sort of supercomputer to have that great level of cgi it's uh yeah because I'm, I'm asking because i didn't i i pretty much only at this this point watch the official trailers and the like like I, I don't like trying to hunt down like this random feed of a video because i never know if what what they're actually taping is you know what's actually there but you're telling me that it was kind of like a cell phone video of what was projected on the main stage and it was yeah. just the first trailer with a couple of extra seconds 
Yeah, and then you see uh, Vader at the end. Yeah, that's kind of what I saw too. I may have hunted that down myself, and uh, that's what it looked like. Yeah, me and, me and James are true fans. We go that extra mile, unlike you, David. Yes, because both of you have read a bunch of the books that have come out at this point, and you're both like up on the comics, whoa, whoa, and you're whoa, watching whoa. Star Wars Rebels. I am up on the comics 100%, and I have read almost all the new canon books, and I'm currently reading it, so don't lump me into this. <laughs> I don't watch kids shows and I don't read trash. I don't read dime store novels, so I'm sorry. Well, some of the comics were okay. By some, I mean one. <laughs> By one, he means a panel. I don't know. Actually, on that on that note, really quickly, Tom, have you actually picked up anything regarding the Han Solo comics? No, those are they're good. Yeah, the Han Solo comics are are a better breed than than some of the other ones. Art style is very nice. You get the Han Solo feel, the swagger he's got. And yeah, it's it's so far. I think I've only read the first two, but it's it's a neat story. Yeah, Tom, the Han Solo and the Lando ones, I think, would be the ones you'd enjoy the most. I, I, I thought know. you tried the Lando ones and you were not a fan of that. Me, no, I, I didn't. The only thing I read was the Vader Down one, and I I forget which other ones I look, kind of looked through, and I was like, eh. I know you tried reading the C-3PO one, and you hated oh, the art style. Well, yeah, I just wasn't on enough uh, ecstasy or LSD when I was reading it. I think that's what that was a problem. Yeah, that was... Uh, I should have been high to read that. Yeah, I mean, that's probably pretty bitching if you're stoned, but uh, yeah, no. I, speaking of uh, young Han Solo, I did like the look of the guy that got to cast him. I don't know if you guys saw that panel or not. I did not see that panel. Uh, so what did they do in it? You know, they brought him out. They didn't really say a whole lot. You know, they asked him his response to uh, how, how what happened when he found out he got the part, you know, the audition process and all, all that shit. Yeah, he, he's got the look. I don't know if he can act, but uh, that Boyega guy, he's kind of... Uh, high energy and uh you know in real life he's he's very outgoing doesn't kind of shut up you know talks a lot which isn't a bad thing he's a funny guy you know he can act uh more serious so i don't i don't know i haven't seen this kid act in anything but he's definitely got a look of a young han solo you know it's i i could buy it i feel less apprehensive about that well i, I guess you know just because i didn't see anything about this uh do they show a picture of him in kind of like the full getup or or no I was listening to it as opposed to watching it because I had shit I had to do and so much shit gotcha. came out, you know. Yeah, he, he looks good, but uh, no, I don't think he did because they were just saying that they're just moving to London now and they're starting uh, production uh, like February 2017. They're in pre-production, so they're a long, long way out. Yeah, although that was one thing that I heard was kind of crazy, at least from my perspective, that, you know, right now they're in the process of finishing up their, um, they're in the process of finishing up filming on episode eight right now and that or we actually already knew that they had, they had the rap party and everything like that. But yeah, that is filming on episode nine is well underway already. Like, because I came out in I think the the storytelling Star Wars piece about just how much how early on like the other films got in production and the like the uh the one interesting thing uh during the episode eight panel uh and it was a lot of the same thing you know they didn't really talk about anything just a lot of like nuance behind the scenes stuff uh it was you know more funny to watch than uh, anything but you didn't really learn anything the only real big thing was that episode eight is going to take place directly after episode seven uh Rayon johnson did say that that's one full pod they're breaking there's not going to be a huge amount of time that passes like it's going to be like eight's going to pick off right on uh Skellig michael island you know that planet i forget what it's called i that don't believe we got a name for it in the movie 
Yeah, I think it came out because I remember seeing it a couple times, but I do not remember it. No, I don't know if that plant's name actually has come out at all. You are wrong. I don't know about that. You I are might so be. Wrong. I might be. But um, wouldn't be the first time, James. So wait, episode nine is already filming? Yeah. Like, I would expect pre-production, but not filming. No, yeah. Like, and that was one of the other things that he said, that it's something like before episode seven even came out, they were well along the filming process for episode eight. Like, they were to the point where I think um, Rian Johnson's doing episode eight to the point where when he was doing the, the initial pieces that he was getting this story and plot details off of the script and the like because they hadn't yet finished editing seven that i knew but again pre-production and script is different yeah they're they're on pre-production they're not shooting because they haven't shut down episode eight filming yet like most of the people are done but they're still filming a lot of little i think it ends on the 22nd they're doing the rap party early because everyone was still there and then because they shoot everything out of order so you know john boyega wouldn't be there but they want him to go to the party so they you know they had the party or they more so the i think the american actors but yeah and then uh luke's planet's name is Octo, and that's according to Pablo Hidalgo. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Hidalgo. If he yeah, says still. it, it must be true. I like the idea that they're starting episode 8 right at the end of episode 7. And I also I also saw episode 8's apparently going to be, by necessity, a lot more character-driven. Thank God. Well, and kind of like what, what happens in 7, you know, it kind of has to pick up right where it left off, especially for, like, the Moto... What's happening with the First Order? Because how are they... They're in the bad spot, if you think about it. A really bad spot. They're not the Emperor <laughs> Empire, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they did just have a, their planet explode. With a lot of people on it, yeah. So, I mean, they're... You know, how big is their organization? Shit, we don't know. How big are they? Regardless how big are they, they just lost a lot of people. But uh, it might not matter if they're bigger than we think they are. You know, the Re- New Republic just lost a ton of people, too. But it's a whole system, you know, whole universe. So, it's... Uh, that's interesting news because I, I, I actually I think that will help kind of fix the problems with episode seven if they're doing kind of a Lord of the Rings type trilogy. Yeah, and when you really think about it, even if they did have a time jump, you were still going to have to flash back to what happened between Ray and Luke anyway. So you might as well start there. Yeah, that'd be a little rough, and I think they'll be better to the baddies in that movie, too. It'll help set up, you know, everything about them. I think one thing, we don't know how big the First Order is, and I think maybe Chuck Wendig's trilogy of novels will give us a little insight. I'm not done with Life Debt. I'm only like 30 or 40% through it. But the general feel I get is the Empire dissolved, but secreted fleets around the galaxy. See, I don't know about that specifically because i think the next book is going to put the empire in a far weaker spot well and and the reason for that is because the next book is titled aftermath empire's end hear me out on this it could be that it's the sacrificial end of the empire in the sense that it's a telegraphed end you know we let them see what they want to see there's still fleets out there maybe but i mean you you do also remember like this is you know, in terms of timelines, like with these books, it's getting a little bit goofy because my understanding is that Empire's End, the end of Empire's End is going to take place at the same point of the end of Lost Stars. Correct. And yeah, the Empire really did throw a lot at Jakku. Well, and that was the other thing I saw. Uh, someone, I think it was from Delray or the Lucas Publishing in-house, said that the third book in the series is going to be The Battle of Jakku. That's what the yep. ending's going to be, so yeah. 
Yeah, that uh, that one was pretty obvious because uh, there's actually uh, some stuff um, that, oh, who is it? I think it was Claudia Gray put on her Twitter uh, because they released the cover for it. And the cover is the Ravager, which is the ship that I believe uh, Sierra has uh, mm-hmm. crashing into Jakku. Like, that's the cover art. And then, and then, like she made a little quip about, "Oh, it's my baby's going down." Was that the Aww. Super Star Destroyer? No, just the Star Destroyer. Oh, okay. So, uh, Tom, I know you haven't read Chuck's Chuck's book, but uh, uh, mild spoilers for anyone who hasn't read any of the new book. But um, it turns out that there were thirteen Super Star Destroyers, and as of the point I'm at in the book, there's only one left. Ah, Jesus, <laughs> that's a that's a lot of Star Supers. I didn't know they had that many. And interesting I know, interesting right? tidbit interesting canon tidbit um not only did they add uh, dave was excited that they add compnor back they also emperor palpatine superstar destroyer flagship's name is eclipse oh look at that i, I didn't notice that one is kind of like a nice cool little throwback yeah it, it was just s- secreted right in there and i was like okay i like that and so long as it that... doesn't have a super laser, I'm game. <laughs> I think that one is missing. They don't know really where it went. There, there was like two that w- one that they don't know where it went. They can't account for it, and another one taken over by pirates. Oh, please let it be Hondo. <laughs> that would be so good. Well, yeah, maybe maybe the missing one will uh, pop up here in episode eight. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, maybe the eclipse. I mean, it. I think the eclipse is the one that's missing, and that's the emperor's. So. We all know that Snoke is not Plagueis, and I think Pablo Hidalgo said that. Um, I also believe that they've—I don't know if they've said it's not Palpatine, but I did notice that they've retconned, or not retconned, but they brought back Palpatine's first name as being Shiv. Sheev. Sheev. Yep. And, Which yeah, I always the, liked him as the one name, but okay, it makes sense. <laughs> Emperor Palpatine, yeah. Well, the thing is, is I have a feeling it was actually referenced somewhere else, and they just, like, didn't erase that piece of canon. Could be. Yeah, I think maybe, wasn't it in, I don't know. The, uh, yeah, you're right, it was in some old canon. It might have been in book. Tarkin. If it was in Tarkin, Tarkin is technically canon. That was the first new canon book. Yeah, I haven't yeah. read Tarkin. That or Lords of the Sith, maybe? No, I don't think it's in Lords of the Sith. I'm not done with that book, but uh, it's it might have been Tarkin. Tarkin was a good book. That's what I heard. I gotta pick those up. I just have been lazy. But uh, yeah, speaking of characters back from the dead, there was a big, big announce, and I posted this right to our uh, Facebook page right away once I found out. But yeah, uh, and- James, this is your favorite guy, so why don't you yes. tell us who's back in the canon fold? Grand Admiral Thrawn is back, and they announced it in, uh, with a dual whammy. He's going to be in season three of Rebels, so Dave is probably jumping for joy. And he's going to be back in the form of a novel called Thrawn by Timothy Zahn. Yeah, that for me is actually the bigger thing here. It's like, hey, yeah, he he does make an excellent opponent for the Rebels. Like, the moment they were just like, we need to bring in someone else in the trailer, I'm just like, oh, shit, I think and they, that's and- him. I think that's him. And they did it in such a way that you like they for anyone who knew Star Wars they were they did it with such a buildup you knew it was going to be Thrawn the way it was just like we need to bring in somebody and they pan and then cuts to other things and it pans back to him somebody who studies and pans back to him and then you see it's him yeah like if it, if it will if it turned out not to be Thrawn and they used that description I would have been pissed I'm just like what 
Yeah, so, what if it was uh, Grand Admiral uh, Pelion? <laughs> no, that that wouldn't even do it for me. Be like, no, uh, it's it's just because of the way that they had the build up. Yeah, they built it up that it could only have been thrown. It was one of those things where if they if they wanted to go for like another route and introduce like a new style of Inquisitor or something like that, I would have been fine with it. But what would have bothered me if it was not thrown and they used that same description is that as opposed to inventing a new character with a new personality with a new kind of like mode of operation, instead all they did was reskin Thrawn to someone that wasn't Thrawn for reasons. And so I really like, you know, that this new Thrawn, his backstory might be different, what the Chiss are is probably going to be different, but... What he is, what he does, and how he does it, that's all staying the same. Yeah, which is probably the best thing, because Thrawn was always good. The Chiss were fine, you know, I dug that. Even his backstory of how he got into the Imperial Academy, that was for the Imperial military. Cool. But then you get into the cloning of Palpatine, and even cloning Luke, and, you know, he had Luke spelled with three Ks. <laughs> you know, that that whole bit could have gone. They're taking uh, the best of the EU and uh, giving it back to us here, and uh, changing it. Hopefully getting rid of some of the drivel that was kind of weak. Honestly, I'll say this much. You said you were fine with the Chiss. The Chiss to me were just, maybe it's also because of the order I found out about them in, but the Chiss are one of like, what, six independent species things that somehow don't quite have the same level of technology, but instead adapted, uh, you know, imperial technology to their own needs. It's just like, that's such a bloody trope in the EU at some points. I'd really just rather see the Chiss be an integrated species. Especially just because of what they did in the Old Republic with them. I'd, I'd be much happier if that was their canon move. I'd be okay with them being integrated species, but I'm also okay with them introducing species that adapt technology. Because the galaxy is huge, and some people will be at a disadvantage. Or an advantage. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the, the big thing for me with the Thrawn announcement is that Zan is coming back to write a canon book titled Thrawn. Yes. He, he gave us Thrawn... And he's going to give us Throne again. And and that I'm so pumped for that book. I don't care if it's basically a Rebels tie-in, which I know it won't be. But it, what they're going to do with this character, because we haven't heard of him at all in, uh, at least not in light, the two Aftermath books so far. Nobody talks about Throne, so this will be the first Throne experience that we see. Maybe he commandeered the Eclipse and is out in the other oh. uh -huh. Maybe. Or maybe he's like 90 and dead. Or maybe he died of space cancer. Or maybe he's Snoke because he got destroyed. <laughs> Changed Please his God, skin? no. Changed his yep. skin to non-blue? Acid. Acid, man. Acid what? does a lot. Luke Skywalker uses acid like Muslim extremists <laughs> on people? What are you saying? <laughs> I mean, he's from no, a desert I, I think, planet, but that's insane. For some reason, James. I think James is thinking that he can turn into the Joker where he gets bleached or something like that. Yeah, I don't... James is nuts. No, but yeah. No, Thrawn, Thrawn, he did a uh, Michael Jackson. He tried to bleach himself. Oh, okay. He's got <laughs> in vitiligo or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think for me, I, the thing that I'm probably more interested in is really in how he winds up playing out in Rebels because, you know... The Zon book's gonna be, uh, is probably gonna be pretty good, but with the way that Dave Filoni has been treating characters, characters that he brings in from the expanded universe across all of the shows that he's done, he just does such an incredible job with them. And I'll also tell you this much, even if it is a Rebels tie-in, 
so far from what I've seen, every Clone Wars or Rebels tie-in novel that they've put out is really good. And that's one of the other reasons why I'm excited for that Ahsoka novel that's coming out. Because, you know, they... I think I think part of it's the the direction and the prompts that Dave Filoni is able to give these writers, and the fact that he does care about these characters so deeply, that you know everything that they've been putting out is good. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I was speak. I like Dave Filoni. He's a smart guy. I liked watching like Dave was saying. We were saying in the last episode how he goes through and story. You know, he's a storyboard artist, so he draws everything. And when he's having meetings, he's drawing out scenes. He's a damn good artist, and uh, just like on the fly, he's drawn like you know, he could almost photograph the stuff he's doing. But anyway, uh, you know, I was like, man, you know, the Rebels is kind of coming together. Yeah, it's kind of a kid show. I might have to check this out. And then I find one of the main antagonists of season three, apart from Thrawn, is going to be fucking darth maul yeah maul's kind of been around you know he's been around since the you know he was around at the end of the clone wars he was around you know in season two in a big way at the very end in the finale as the call me old master I just, and I've got to say, I also love Sam Witwer's like onstage personality. <laughs> just in in how combative he got with Dave Filoni at times, it was a lot of fun yeah, to watch for they, me. <laughs> they were funny, yeah. They're Sam Witwer. He's, he's a pretty funny guy and uh, talented. But uh, I Darth Maul, man, to me, he died on Naboo with the rest of that fucking movie. Like, yep. I do not not a fan of him. I was not a fan of him in the Clone Wars. They're bringing him back in Rebels. No, thank you. That really kills it for me. Would you prefer that they had brought in? another sith like invented a new one that palpatine didn't know about or something like that well how about you use like grand admiral fucking thorn and just concentrate on that and then just have him get into a more complex relationship with uh uh freddie prince jr's guy kanan you know where where kanan would kind of fall or something like that well, something Kanan's, to kind of didn't, didn't he lose his sight or something you know or it could be, be another only character. because of maul well maul maybe shouldn't have been there you know in my book find another character create another character dave filoni can create good characters you know he's done that with ahsoka cad bane you see i i agree with you up to a point I, I agree. I, I don't know about Maul. It, when he got brought back, I'm not entirely sure that it was the most convincing thing ever. At the same time, there's there's a couple of other pieces. Like one was, uh, so Ray Park actually in, in Ray Park's uh, panel actually mentioned that during the filming of episode one with George Lucas, in there, there was already the thought that that wasn't the end for Darth Maul. Like, because Ray Park was just like, I think Ewan McGregor should cut my head off. And then George Lucas just went, no, no, because if if we need to bring you back, we can stick some robot legs on you or something. Which is, you know, what happened in the original Dark Horse comic. But with, you know, with, with the fact that Maul is there, you know, regardless of whether or, we, whether or not we like it, there's a storytelling element here, which is, you know, two masters that Ezra can choose to follow. If Maul isn't there... Then who's the other master? Like, because you've got Kanan, and Kanan is bringing him along the light side of the Force. But how's he going to get to the dark side of the Force? Where where is that option coming from? And specifically, someone that you can establish that he will go with willingly. Because you know, you could think that maybe the Grand Inquisitor could have filled that role, 
Except the Grand Inquisitor was set up to be a strict antagonist, and Ezra refused to go willingly with the Inqui- Inquisition. They could have had, like, just another character on the show been bad, you know what I mean? But a Sith, though, or a dark side user of some kind. Didn't dark. necessarily have to be a dark sider to make him turn dark. Well, no, no, but he needs instruction in how to tap into the dark side of the Force. I mean, being evil, well, I mean, th- he's got Kondo he... for that. <laughs> well, yeah, but doesn't he have, like, a holocron or something? Bam, there you go. But yeah, that's, that's again, be because of Darth Maul. Well, he found it some other way then. Yeah. I you mean, know? I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that Any, since to me, Maul anything exists, is more possible Maul is a Darth great Maul. option for that alternative, you know, leader character for Ezra. I mean, I see what they're doing, I get it, but they could have used, I don't know. Yeah, Darth Maul. I, that's the thing. I don't just, think that there's another character you could have used with the fact that Maul exists in this universe. If if Maul was out of the picture, then I honestly don't think that Star Wars Rebels would be featuring Ezra as a uh, as a Jedi in training, because so you're saying wouldn't be able to do that storyline. So you're saying if Maul wasn't there, there'd be no other character in the entire Star Wars universe that could fill that void. I I don't think anyone could fill it as well. There's no other character in the entire universe. That is an evil force user. Not necessarily Sith. Evil force user with a holocron. I mean, I can't Only think Darth of any, Maul. can you? Well, no, I, you could create anything. It's a whole universe. Just make something the fuck up, you know? Uh, and you wouldn't consider that, like, incredibly contrived? Less it's contrived what, uh... than the guy that got cut in half and fell down a bottomless pit 40 goddamn years before the story happened. Yeah, that that I, I have to agree with Tom on that. Like, it's not like Maul got stabbed and then, or something, or whatever... He got cut in half and fell down a pit. Like, he was dead. Like what happened to Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren got shot. He got cut up real bad. He was in a bad way. But it's believable that he's going to make it out of there. Vader's shuttle gets hit. He goes flying, tumbling off in the space, eventually gets control of his his one single fighter. You know he's going to be back. This guy, it's like, you know, you might as well have a funeral service for him. I mean, he's gone. Yeah, they killed him, and then they brought him back because it was expedient. I think it would have been better to forget just creating something out. I'll say this much. I think we're saying the same things in different ways. Specifically, I'm talking about since Maul is here, I think he's the best character for the job. But if you if you had had Maul, Maul perish permanently on Naboo, then I think... Because here's the thing. I'm not talking about changing the Clone Wars. I think if you want another Darksider that's going to, you know, be connected to Ezra, be connected to Ahsoka, and be connected to Kanan, I think at that point, then you're really talking about changing up all of the Mandalore story arc and that kind of thing for for the Clone Wars, which I'd probably be okay with because in in those pieces, in like the stuff with Savage Press, I, I agree with you. That that storyline didn't need to be Maul. It, it could have been anyone else, and, and that would have been the place to introduce someone. With Ezra and with Kanan and the like, though, I think at that point, in that season finale piece, it's too late to introduce any other kind of brand new character. Oh no, yeah, we're talking. You'd have to go back and do some major retconning. But, yeah, so uh, so like yeah, if you retconned like the Clone Wars to 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 introduce a new dark side or something like that, then yeah, I, I think I could get it. I, I could get behind that. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of uh, Savage Oppressor or whatever his stupid name is, uh, Darth Maul's brother. I did like that they brought in the uh, Sisters of Dathomir. That yeah, was the Night cool. Sisters were cool. A yes. little bit sad they're all dead. 
yes, bunch of bad guys. Maybe one of them survives, and she's a pirate, and the rebels are looking for combat people, and oh, they're really good at combat. And Arr, hey, why don't you? Uh, sadly, there you go. Work. Sadly, it is canon that the the sisters are all dead, uh, because uh, they they went over that uh, in somewhat in depth. In uh, oh, I'm blanking on her name. Did right they get now. cut in half and fall down a pit? Because they could be alive. No, they were. They specifically talked about it with Asajj Ventress. Uh, in the Dark Disciple novel, which is another good book if you, if people haven't read it. But anyway, let's talk about Celebration here. We're arguing about... Well, we are kind of talking about Season 3 of Rebels. Yep, because and it does th- look there's good. another big Season 3 of Rebels that I am I know that you and I are super excited to see again, Tom. And that is the glorious Hondo Anaka. Hondo is back again. They showed... Uh, did you see that clip uh, that was played on the Star Wars show? Yes, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Although on, I gotta say, like even even the clip that they showed where it was just like you know that thing about so we split the treasure and then you just have Hondo just lose it. That was great. Yeah, and he, he instantly is given a gun to use, and he says, "I could sell this for a lot." It's Mandalorian. You know, he's just a pirate. He met some guy in the joint, uh, some pig ugnat or something. Oh no, they they have a they have a history. Like in Rebels, oh, they like, do? that was someone that. That specifically a Hondo kind of duped Ezra and the ghost into stealing from <laughs> for uh. Hondo. Yeah, so so they've got a little bit of a background, but again, business associates. Yes, yes, he is many, but uh, yeah, what a what a fun character. Uh, I like seeing him, and like I said, like they're bringing him back again. It's like oh, I might have to check this out because I love me some Hondo, and I like me some Dave Filoni too. But uh, yeah, Maul, yeah. One thing I saw in that trailer that uh, I admit I'm not happy with what they're doing with the backstory is apparently Wedge was an Imperial cadet. Honestly, that makes a lot more sense to me, learning to to fly and that kind of thing, because, well, actually, I guess we don't technically know Han Solo's backstory at this point either, whether or not Han was an Imperial cadet. Nope, we don't know that at all. Yeah. I I thought Wedge got, like, Biggs and them to jump ship from the Imperials. No, 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 that was... That's also not a canon story anymore, but that well, was yeah. part of um, that was specifically Big's Dark Lighter story, along with like Hobby and Wes Jansen and a couple other guys. Yeah, uh, okay. I think I think uh, Porkins was part of that group too. Yep. Yeah, I thought they uh, all were like. But no, that's yeah. why they put them up against the Tie Fighters at the Battle of Yavin because they're like, well, we got all these ex-military pilots who know what they're doing. Yeah. No, Wedge had uh, his backstory was he had. Uh, wasn't it basically the Imperials killed his family, or the Imperials... No, no, the Im- a bunch of pirates killed his family, and... That's right. What happened Booster was, took him in. Yeah, Booster took him in, uh, Horn father investigated their death, and, uh, he, he got, like, a starship and went on a revenge spree and killed people and whatnot. Yeah, it's kind of like, that was, that was a story that didn't make a ton of sense in, in a vacuum, and it was also, like, it, it felt like that story was to in some ways attempt to set up Wedge as as kind of like another Han Solo style character versus, you know, being a more like straight up, straightforward military kind of guy. And I'll say this much. I think I think the Wedge that I see in the movies and that I read in Aftermath makes more sense as an Imperial versus being like, um, you know, this kid from a broken home or something like that. Makes sense? As, especially I mean, may- with with what goes on in in life debt, and I guess to a lesser extent in aftermath as well. Like he's he's a military guy through and through. Like he's not 
He's not a spacer turned military person. He is military. I mean, what you're saying makes sense. I just liked the old backstory better. Uh, I don't know that I even liked his old backstory at all, so agree to disagree. Here I was wrong my entire life. I thought he had jumped ship, so hey, whatever. I like my backstory I made up in my brain the most. They were all friends, but anyway. Yeah, I, I didn't get to see the creature panel. Like, we did, like we were saying on yesterday's episode, that there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for The Force Awakens in a lot of the panels, like how they made the droids, the creatures, and all that. So that that was interesting for the old movie, uh, Episode 7. And we did see, yeah, that uh, the monkey man, they didn't say his name, Doorgunner from uh, Rogue One in the sizzle reel. They brought him out, and that is a guy in a suit that brings that to life. It's not a CGI character which is what we were thinking uh, earlier when we that book leak came out. Yep. Ah, the door gunner. Yeah, I, I don't know who I like more, the door gunner or uh, Kenrick or uh, Baze or, you know, that's, I'm getting excited. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting very excited. And, and like I said about that door gunner scene, uh, it just... Kristen was my wife was looking at me like what are you talking about because I watched that scene two or three times and the sizzle reel the, the the 10 seconds and it was like that is full metal jacket they are channeling full metal jacket and she's like what are you even talking about I don't know that she's seen that film she's seen parts of it yeah so she hasn't seen the film well no she hasn't but th- anyway um after after we're done recording this say hey honey we're watching one of the greatest romances of all time and they just don't tell her it's <laughs> the romances Aww. between the marine corps and the Viet Cong. <laughs> no no <laughs> well i mean that that was how i got her to go to deadpool well it was like oh honey this is a valentine's day romance actually that kind of was it really kind of was yeah it was it? a good it was a it was a good love story it wasn't it wasn't terrible you know? it was a rom-con with uh ryan reynolds it yeah. happened to be rated r yes with a lot of mutants in it and stuff <laughs> but no um I, i'm I'm liking Krennic. I, I'm liking what they're going to be doing with this character. It's I want more Imperial intrigue, and I think we're about to get it. Of course you are, because you're a Nazi fanboy. Whoa. Whoa. No, I'm an Imperial fanboy. No, I like the Imperial uh, look and everything, and uh, him coming out in full character, that's cool. That's what you go to a, a con celebration for. Yeah, and I gotta say, those trooper outfits were awesome. <laughs> and they're tall as fuck. Oh, we did get the name... Of the beige troopers that were in the trailer in the Sissel Weir. They're uh, stormtroopers, right? They're shore troopers. You poser. Shore troopers. Shore troopers. You know, for those shore situations. But I'm bummed. I wonder if that means that they're somewhat like the Marine Corps. Yep. I'd assume so. It's the only thing that makes sense. So we're getting the regular old uh, stormtroopers, the shore troopers, which are the guys in beige, and then the uh, death troopers. Yep. And then it also looks like they've got a new kind of tanker uniform for the guys that are part of the Repulsor Lift Command, too. Yeah. At least yeah. the helmet, for sure. Yeah, I, I, dug, I dug the look of the helmet. Yeah, I mean, like, it's really cool looking. Yeah, really good design. I'm digging the Rogue One era stuff. The design, the new stuff, more so than the Force Awakens. Yeah, well, you know, I think part part of it goes back to like one of the issues that we sort of had with the Force Awakens, and that was it didn't really move anything forward in a lot of ways. Like there was a one type of everything. Like the Rebels had one kind of starfighter, the Imperials had one capital ship, one type of starfighter, one type of stormtrooper, and that's all. Lies. Yeah. There were three types of stormtroopers. There was snowtroopers. There were stormtroopers and flame troopers. All right. Well, in my opinion, the flame troopers were outfitted the same as the stormtroopers, minus the you know the flame pack, right? Mm, 
I don't think they were. I thought they had different helmet. I thought it was the same helmet. I, I guess I could be wrong on that, but, you know, the snowtroopers, that's that's kind of weak. Uh, and the reason I say that's kind of weak is because they cut most of it out of the film. They have a slightly different helmet. The flame troopers have a visor. Their visor is much thinner, like it would be to keep vision intact instead of uh, a larger visor, it looks like. To keep vision... Uh... Smaller, you know, so they hopefully flamethrower their own troops. Yeah, no, no, no. Way. And then we're going to put these little tiny hole vision slots on here <laughs> so you can't see when you're operating this dangerous-ass weapon. Because we're retards. No no offense to the retarded. Yeah, but yeah, def- no. Definitely a different helmet. Well, I just, I like that whole used future look. And that was something that the original movies did really well. You know, kind of like the Imperials were just stamping this shit out because they had such a big military. A lot of it wasn't refined, and it was really only in the special areas that they had the guys in, like, the nice uniforms. You know, the regular stormtroopers, they were making that that battle armor, you know, running that machine 24-7 on multiple planets. So it's kind of rough. You know, even the ships were angular, and they had exposed shit on them. You know, they weren't sleek and uh, stylized kind of like the old republic and some of the clone war era stuff you know everything's smoothed and chromed and all that this it looks of that era where everything's kind of rough and you know quickly welded together for both sides for the imperials and the rebels yeah the rebels rebels are all sweets they did announce james too we had talked about this yesterday didn't know if you wanted to chime in on it or not the ea has announced that battlefront will be single player there's a single player mode coming and it will I be released that. July 20th with a full expansion coming in September of 2016. I saw that. It's it's great that that's coming, but it's still not a single player. It's a single player, but it's not a campaign. I want a campaign. It is not yeah, a campaign. I, do. I want a campaign, too. They're also announced that for the Death Star update, the characters that will be playable will be Bosk and Chewbacca. Chewy. They also announced that we're getting the Scarif map, too. Yes. That will be the fourth and last uh, DLC. will be Scarif and uh, stuff Rogue, the Rogue One movie. They'll be coming out in May 17, so after the movie's released. But, I don't know, uh, with everything we've talked about with Celebration, everything we learned, guys, what was your takeaway? What do you think was the best thing of the entire 2016 Star Wars Celebration? James, why don't you kick us off with Best takeaway of 2016 Star Wars Celebration. And what was the worst? The worst was the fact that we didn't actually get a trailer for Rogue One. After everyone said we're getting a trailer, after watching the live feed and them saying, on the live feed, you know... We're going to see some new footage, and then all we got was the sizzle reel again. Oh, well, that that's as they, uh, for, for those things, like, they showed three different videos at the actual event. They only streamed the one. No, I know. I, I know. I, I just don't like that. Like, give me a heads up that you're going to be showing me different shit. The, the biggest, I guess the, the thing that I'm most excited for that came out of it is the Thrawn announcement. Coupled with that Zahn is writing a book. Uh, From the beginning, when they nerfed all the old canon, I was like, they need to bring some of these old school authors back. I want Zahn, Stackpole, whoever, to start writing in Star Wars again. And we're starting to get that, at least with one author. Uh, For me, I think my biggest positive was the... I'm up in the air. I really love both the Ahsoka panel and the Rebels panel, but I think I might have to go for the Rebels panel. Um, I think seeing what's coming next for Season 3 of Rebels really got me in the Star Wars frame of mind. 
Uh, worst thing? I'm trying to think if there was anything that I felt like was just straight up bad. And I, I certainly didn't watch all of the panels, but I'm sure that there were some of the, you know, specific panels probably weren't that great. But I guess, you know, the worst thing that I saw rather dinsy is, you know, same as James, the fact that, you know, we we didn't get a trailer that that really bummed me out a bit. I'm really hoping that they have something to release at Comic-Con because I'd, I'd be super bummed if that wasn't the case. You don't think that the worst thing was the accidental big spoiler oopsie? No, not really. Okay, just checking. Yeah, I felt bad for the guy more than anything. You really need to stop now. I felt bad for him. Uh, yeah, I'd have to say, apart from not having a trailer, the worst thing from it was there was an ILM panel where they're doing uh, some sort of VR thing, like an augmented reality, you know, Pokemon Go level shit they're coming out with a game. Or I think it's just VR, it's not AR, it's VR. No, yeah, it's a straight, straight up VR experience. They're not billing it as like a virtual reality game or anything like that. It's just... This is a virtual reality experience. It's kind of like if you were playing an, an interactive movie in a little bit of a way. Yeah, which that didn't bug me. That sounded cool, whatever. Uh, it was that they had the writer David Goyer, writer of such films as Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, and Kickboxer 2. Uh, he was helping to write it, and I was like, get David Goyer the fuck out of here. <laughs> I wish I was there in London. <laughs> I would have escorted him out of the building because I am not a fan. Uh, that was like, I was like, hey, that looks like David Goyer. It is David Goyer. What the fuck is he Shit. doing here? Get the fuck out of the building. Go oh, ruin man. DC. You're not allowed to touch our stuff. Exactly. It was like, get the fuck out of here. Go hang out with Zack Snyder. You're in the wrong neighborhood, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, other than that, uh, that was probably, I was, I almost had a panic attack. So I'm like, no, no, please don't. No, he's not. He's not going to be writing a movie. Please no. And I don't know. The greatest thing I thought was Carrie Fisher's dog chasing Warwick Davis. That was pretty funny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> did you guys see that? I did not. Yeah, they were reenacting the scene where they first met in Return of the Jedi. So he put on a little like Ewok hat and had like a doll rod. And was like sneaking up to Carrie Fisher, who was pretending to sleep on the couch and was like poking her. And her dog, Gary, started barking at him and chased him around the stage. <laughs> wow. That was funny. I was giggling. But uh, yeah, that was probably the greatest moment of Celebration 2016, at least for humor, humor wise. But, uh, you know, all this stuff was good. I, Thrawn was cool. Uh, Rebels looks like it's going strong. J.J. Abrams is out of here. We got some smart people, you know, check out the panel discussion, see what you think. They're entertaining to watch, I felt. But uh, any real news? No, just little tidbits. Well, that's what we expected. You know, they're not going to talk about it. That's very true. And you know what? I've got to say, like, the thing that I saw that probably did make me the happiest was that celebration reel for Rogue One. Yeah, it wasn't a full trailer, but, you know, it. when I was at my desk and, you know, like, I saw it pop up, I I, I got giddy. I, I was super pumped and excited for it. And, yeah, like, you know, the moment that you see, you know, the very first shot, you see the boom mic in the top right, I'm just like... Yeah, this can't be the trailer. This has got to be a behind-the-scenes thing, because there's no <laughs> way in hell that would have gone in. <laughs> ooh, that's bad. It's a rough, rough trailer. Yeah, the, ooh, that would have been bad. But, yeah, I think I, I think that celebration reel, even though it wasn't a trailer, still made me relieved and re-excited for Rogue One in a way that I wasn't sure I was going to get for the film, because I really was nervous about a number of things. I wanted to go ahead and talk spoilers at this point. We we didn't really say what 
Jian went spoiled, but he did spoil something. And also, there have been some Episode 8 spoilers slash rumors that are circulating and that have been circling the net for a couple of months. I've confirmed them through two different message boards, the same thing. It's the same thing written by different authors. It wasn't like a copy-pasted thing. So I don't know if either of you wanted to go over that with me and we could just discuss that or not. Uh, part of I like would rather not, honestly. Okay. Well, uh... David, if you want to go ahead and James can go ahead and talk this over, unless you got anything else you want to say about Celebration that we skipped or you we forgot to mention. Well, yeah, there was one thing in the Celebration reel that, as a fan of the Old Republic, you know, I I really enjoyed, and that was in if you look closely in the Celebration reel towards the end, they do this like rapid fire like. Here's a person, here's a person, here's a person, here's a person. Just headshots one after the other. To me, it totally looks like they took one of the old Mandalorian Neo Crusader helmets from the Old Republic and, and put that into the film. And that, that, for me, was one of the really cool throwbacks that's in there. Huh, let me that, check that out. I did not see you that. Mandalorian. I gotta rewatch that. Yeah, that, that, I, yeah I, I love the little nuance shit like that. That's great. Yeah, and, I mean, it's possible that instead of the Mandalorian, it's actually like one of the sun guards that the uh, that the knights were based off of. But to me, I saw that I thought Mandalorian Neo Crusader, and and I thought that, that was bloody cool. I like the throwbacks to the old EU, not necessarily the older movies. To clarify, because I have come down on throwbacks before. Yeah, you no. really have throwbacks to the old dead EUs. I'm fine by, but the other stuff, I don't know. Okay. Well, I will depart then and allow you gentlemen to go on your spoiler-filled rant. I will be curious to eventually find out how much was correct or incorrect. It's all correct. It's all, yeah. It can be. And, you know, that's that for me is one of the big reasons why I'm a little bit nervous about talking about anything this early on. Because... I mean, Jung Wen spoiler, I'd be I'd be okay talking about because you know that's out there. I actually saw it live, so wasn't a whole <laughs> lot that pretty. they're going to be able to do there. But well, you want to talk? We could do that one first, and then you could go. Okay, yeah, yeah let's. Do okay, yeah, because well, with episode eight's just so far away that I don't want to spoil anything for me now because then you know by the time that we get to the film, Parmi wonders if it. If, you know, if I'm going to be able to enjoy it as much. No, that's all right. We just want to go ahead and remind everyone we are going to get into spoilers here, possible spoilers for Rogue One and Episode 8. These are, of course, all alleged and based off internet rumors, message boards, and unreliable sources. However, except we have, for the one at the Star Wars panel. Except for, except for Rogue One, we're pretty pretty sure that that's a solid leak. But also, too, if you have any questions or uh, you want us to answer on the air or comments, please send us an email at CoruscantPulse at Gmail. And also follow us on Facebook at Coruscant Pulse and our Twitter feed at Coruscant Pulse. Appreciate you dropping us a line, telling us what you think. We usually respond pretty quickly, and of course, we want to answer some listener emails live on the air. Uh, they could be anything related to Star Wars uh, stuff. Anything, what did you guys think was the best about Celebration? What did you think, uh, what did you like, what didn't you like, what did you want more of, less of, that type of deal. But okay, well let's go ahead, Rogue One spoilers, who wants to take it first here? Alright, I'll, I'll go for it. So, in the panel... Jiang Wen starts talking about how his character doesn't believe in the Force at first. And then he gives away when his character starts believing in the Force when he goes, when this guy dies, gesturing to Donnie Yen directly next to him. 
At which point, you see Alan Tudyk put his hand against his face like this, which you can't see because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> and and you see Donnie Yen like like freeze up for a second, turn, look, and then like start gripping his like balling his fists up because yeah, uh, that certainly wasn't supposed to come out. So it's it. So there's a couple of pieces here that that you know you could probably consider spoilers like. The fact that Donnie Yen's character dies, I don't consider that really a spoiler because I'm still fairly convinced every character on that team is dead by the end of it. Um, but what is different is that it's also clear that Baze uh, survives Chirrut's death. Like, Baze's going to survive Chirrut's death, and that, to me, likely means that with some of the stuff that we're seeing, uh, at some point, it seems very likely to me that Chirrut sacrifices himself so that everyone else can get away like that's that's almost certainly what i think that you know the spoiler means one thing just to clarify the way it went down um he he didn't say this guy dies he goes because he doesn't speak very good english he goes when this guy dead i was just like did, wait did he just say that it was it, it and the look on his face too was kind of like the, oh wait like he almost didn't you know that's why i felt bad for him because he 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 had a real tough time with English, and it really looked like he knew he fucked up the second he said it, because he tried to backtrack a little bit, and then Gwendolyn Christie, who was the host, kind of changed the subject and went to someone else real quick. And Alan Tudyk did a epic Picard facepalm, I believe double facepalm. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was uh it, it was kind of kind of sad to to see that happen there. Um because yeah, I I think there were other people who described like Kathleen Kennedy and Gareth Edwards were both like visibly upset uh that that came out there. Which we all kind of figured, did we want to know it? No, you know. Yeah. Or did we want to know the order of which it happens? I like that, you know, someone dying, hopefully heroically, and he avenges his friend and it makes him change in a way, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I dig that whole thing. I would have liked to have seen it in the movie, but hey, if the guy can't speak English good, don't have him fucking talk, you know? Have him just say, yeah. you know, just or have him work him out the translator. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Like they set this up, they set this up and they didn't do it right and it backfired. Well, because, yeah, um, like I'm thinking. Donnie Young's I'm, sitting right fucking next to him. Yeah, and, and for me. And he speaks great English. Yeah, for me, there there were like a couple of other things there that that were kind of difficult to unpack. One is that like, so he he starts off basically, you know, doing a little bit about how you know his English isn't very good and about how his character has a gun, and that's like that's like a comedy shtick for like twenty seconds, and then he starts talking about the force, and I get the feeling that maybe where he was supposed to stop was where we kind of, you know, we we saw most of the stuff that he specifically said in the uh, entertainment. Uh, I think it was, it was either entertainment or it was uh, Vanity Fair that did the profile on all those characters. I thought it was and so, yeah, like, oh, well. I was pretty sure it was Entertainment Weekly. Vanity Fair did something too, though. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of places have covered it. But uh, specifically, like, you know, they did various portraits on every character, and we knew that... Baze's best friend is Chirrut, and we know that Baze's like uh Baze's whole being and you know he doesn't believe in the force at all. He is he is just the heavy. But you know, I think he was supposed to stop there. 
And I think he just gave, I, I think, you know, I, I, at first I wasn't really sure if, if that was the case or if he was just, you know, kind of pulling something out to, to make a big splash. But the more I think about it, the more I think that he was supposed to stop there, wanted to give the fans a little bit more, and completely overstepped it. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, one thing that I think that Lucasfilm and Disney is going to have a problem with, it's going to be really hard. They're not going to be able to control the spoilers like they did for the first movie. It's just not going to be possible. The more movies they make, the more people that are involved, it's spoilers will happen. It's not, and all these other big movies, they all are spoiled, not spoiled, but you know, things leak. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, the walking dead things leak that happened with episode seven too. Like there were spoilers for episode seven. Like, I mean, if you wanted them, they were out there. Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't as big. Like, uh, I mean, Han Solo's death was spoiled like the summer before, right? There was a spoiler. I read the summer before of that movie coming out and one probably in the late winter of that year before it came out like March or February. That was pretty much the movie, you know, in a broad stroke, but it, that was pretty much what it was. So they, they have a leak, you know, people are going to leak this out, find ways to leak out. Like we're, we're going to talk about episode eight in a little bit here, but, uh, you know, it's not watertight, but it's pretty damn secure. And in an ether of the internet where there's so many people claiming and there's so many people making it up and, you know, floating it out there, it's hard to tell which is real and which is bullshit. But no, that leaked, you know, a year almost before that movie came out, what happened? Yeah, now, and dialogue and stuff like that. No, the, you know, because th they change that so often, and they say so many lines, and so many different things are cut. Very rarely is that going to happen. But uh, or and if it's a situation where like four people know, like with the whole Luke, I am your father thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, yeah, yeah. So all right. Well, before you guys get over to episode eight, I shall bid the adieu because yeah, I don't want that shit spoiled for me right now. David is gone now. It's just the two of us. I read this on a couple different websites, three different websites. It was roughly the same story. Now, they could be pulling from each other, but it's been going back since April, and I've seen on a couple different sites that it's come back up. So, who knows? This could all speculation, alleged, and all the other legal mumbo-jumbo we need to say. Uh, I do not work for Leakus Film, so I am not releasing. I didn't sign any fucking NDA, so I can say this, I believe. Right? I think so. Yeah. David married into a family of lawyers. He could be here to clarify. But anyway, so yeah. So this is what we read on the internet. Air quotes, grain of salt. You know, this could all be total bullshit, but I read. Is that... You want to know who Ray is? Hit me. She is Luke's father. <laughs> I think you got that backwards. Not kidding. What? So apparently, long, long ago, longer than the regular this is five longs ago how the sith came into being was that there was this force tree remember that from the comic books yes yeah the comic books had that well there was an original force tree and sort of and this is where it changes in between the different posts there was a uh, kind of like a cain and abel type story where siblings killed each other and out of this the evil side of the force was born these two force siblings or whatever and one became evil one was good and this is where the balance of the force happens and this tree had something to do with the dark side of the force it was like a dark force site because he was looking for the good tree and there was a bad tree or something and out of the tree in one of them came the dark side of the force or something like that and the prophecy was that eventually the reincarnation of the tree or part of the force would miraculously impregnate like anakin was a creature or being that will become the one that will bring balance to the force and the tree will burst back into life and all that kind of like lord of the rings you know with the uh, tree at uh, gondor or whatever yeah 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 
So what happens is this is what the the skinny is is that Ray Ray's mother was time after the Battle of Endor uh, immaculately conceived a child. That child was born and she was powerful with the Force. So Ray tracked down, knew about the Jedi, went to Luke's Jedi Temple, and Luke found out about you know the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the Force and all that. Found out that Ray is basically the reincarnation of Anakin, and this is kind of like a cycle where the one is reborn because he didn't really bring balance to the Force, and Anakin is reborn in Rey, so that Rey is really the kind of Buddhist-type reincarnation of this thing that's supposed to bring balance to the Force. Now, it varied in a couple different things, and, you know, it all sounds... You could poke holes in that all live long day, but it was vague on all three things, and it was different in all three things, but the, the base thing that ran through all of them was that Rey was reincarnated Anakin. I've read that, I think, on Reddit, and... It didn't make sense the first time I read it, but now that, now that you're saying it and it was on three different sources, it does kind of make sense. Yeah, I mean, it does, and Reddit was one of the places I went to. Uh, there were a couple other places, and they could have easily just copied it from Reddit because Reddit was one of the first where I saw it. However, that's one of the places, too, where I saw the Episode 7 leak that was confirmed, you know, that basically was the story. Could be total bullshit. Very possible. It does strike and ring parallels like with films like the matrix and uh some other movies that have come out where there's a, a cyclical struggle between good and evil so i'm not too excited about that but it it does kind of make sense it could be if done well i yeah. mean uh, it, if done well it could be really good you know, it could be one of those things where if Ryan Johnson could pull it off, maybe, you know, it's kind of like Starkiller Base. If done right, it could work. If not done right, it could be lackluster or even bad. So who's to say? But that's I what I read. If that's going to be the case, I really hope they do it right. If done right, it can be amazing. Yeah, and I'm I'm not opposed to it either. That sort of idea of uh, going back to before the prequels and even if they do that and kind of go and touch on you know that there was a time before even the clone wars and anakin and if we go back not to midi chlorians but the prophecy of the force and kind of explore some of the ancient mysticism of it more that would be interesting in and on itself for me yeah that would be really interesting and the whole i mean God, the, the, basically the whole concept would tie all, it, it would neatly tie all the the movies together. Han Solo does say that Luke went searching for the first Jedi Temple, and he's obviously on Octu, some port of uh, ancient site there, you know? Uh, they mop some Neolithic site in Britain as a, uh, as some sort of ancient mystical... <coughs> Ireland! <clears throat> yeah, whatever. They don't... No, 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 not whatever. <laughs> But I know Brexit and all that. It's uh, who knows what country is which. Uh, now it's so confusing. It's like Eastern Europe, Ireland, or <laughs> place looks miserable. I'm just glad my family left there. It's all nothing but rocks and peat moss. It looks terrible and it's cold. Ugh. And potatoes. Ugh. Well, potatoes are. Uh, and no, I don't mean that. You know, Ireland's Ireland's cool if you're into you know that. But yeah, Guinness is good. But. So we have a, I don't know, we have something, uh, we have something, uh, could be, could be total bullshit. That's a pretty substantial idea though. 
It's not mean others who can kind of pinpoint out and be like, oh, that's that's total bullshit. Uh, they and then uh, that one too. They had I did read that. You know, uh they're. Poe and uh, Finn are going to be captured by Kylo, and he's going to use them to lure Rey and Luke out. Okay. Of hiding, because, you know, Rey is with Luke, and Kylo knows this, uh, probably when he captures Finn and Poe, and then is going to torture them, a la Empire Strikes Back style, to uh, get them to fall into some sort of trap. Ah, uh, the callbacks. Yeah, which, that was a bit upsetting. That's, okay, you're really making, you know, Empire Strikes Back here. This isn't, uh, this isn't cool. But, nothing we can do about it. If that is the case, hope it isn't. But, uh, you know, uh, again, could be bullshit. They also did hint at, uh, some possibilities for Snoke. Apart from it being, you know, people, or some of the things were saying it could, it still could be Pelagius, whatever. It could be Palpatine. Uh, it could be a reincarnated Sith Lord. Some did mention Exar Kun, which, hey, maybe that could work. That could work. That was Exar's, you know, deal was he w- killed himself on purpose so that one day he could come back and fuck with people. And he wasn't a big asshole. Yep. So, again, could all be total bullshit. We don't know. Well, that's been some, that's some interesting stuff. I'm actually kind of excited now to see if there that is accurate. If we get any more good solid leads on, you know, the internet, which is all everything on the internet is true, uh, we will try to bring them to you here. And uh, hopefully, if you also like speculating about these things, send us an email. Tell us what you think. What actually, too, tell us what you think episode eight should be about. You know, what's your fan fiction idea? Some of them are. Actually, some of them you knew wouldn't work, and it was totally, you know, someone just writing it, but some of them were pretty good. Some of them had some pretty good ideas, so I actually wouldn't mind going over those on the air. Like, if someone comes up with a good idea, send it in, and we'll go ahead and debate that, or elements that they could use to bring that up. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Anyone else know what you mean? So, I think that'll about wrap this long extended episode here. Uh, like I said, go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and as always, send us an email. Tell us what you think, what you feel. We love hearing back from you guys. And until next time, may the force be with you. And also with you. Very Catholic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>